This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? Oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank uh, you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergath. Thanks for joining us for the podcast once again today. Joining us uh, on the telephone is uh, Sean Bolson. He's been with us right from the start of the Todd and Friends Podcast, and we're up pushing close to 1,000 episodes now, Sean. So thanks for being wow. with us uh, from the very beginning of this. I, I don't know if any of us really knew where this was going to go uh, when we started it, but it's been a lot of fun. I, I appreciate you coming along every week. We started you off every other week to begin with because I thought, well, I'm kind of busy guys, and then I needed you for a week, and you were willing to do it, so I appreciate it. I hope you're enjoying doing it. Yeah, I you know the only thing I've been waiting for I was going to renegotiate that contract. You know, what, <laughs> I tell you uh, what, I, I'll double what you're getting now. Oh boy, <laughs> it ends up being the same number, but you know what, we do have fun. Uh, and you know, I I really do enjoy each year we've tried to uh, do a little you know mix golf in with the four of yep. us, and obviously we have four different guys, but similar <laughs> personalities, but we look at life different. So yeah. it is fun. I like to listen to it. Uh, you know, when, on the days I'm not on to because it's entertaining. Sure. And, you know, it's surprising being working in Wilmer, being from New London Spicer area. Yep. You know, like, for instance, the other day I sent my son Caden and Ethan a text, and instead of Ethan, I sent it to Caden and Danny Esler. Okay. And then I right away apologized. I'm like, Danny, sorry about that. And he goes, well, that's funny it, you uh, shot that text. He goes, I'm listening to you on the radio right now. <laughs> so my point of that is, you have so much local interest and in a lot of people listen, and we have a good time and just yeah. kind of chum it up. And, and that's kind of what we were hoping it would be. And, you know, here we are. You said almost a 1,000 episodes. Yep. That's quite something. Yeah, that's for sure. So thanks for being along. Let's talk NFL playoffs uh, a little bit. I, I love the playoffs. This coming weekend is my favorite one because, let's face it, last weekend with 14 teams of 32 making the playoffs – Not every one of those teams was championship caliber, at least. They're good teams, just not championship caliber. And we saw some of that. Uh, What was the biggest shocker from the weekend for you? I know what it was for me, but what was the biggest shocking result for you? Well, the biggest shock for me was the fact that we're searching for a franchise quarterback, and it appears that Green Bay found there. I know. And one game into the stinking playoffs, (laughs) they go down, and we know Mike McCarthy is not a good coach. Hmm. I mean, we do. He's made questionable decisions. You know, he runs, but never had that big success while in Dallas. But, holy cow, I did not expect Dallas to get torched at home. And love to, as as, uh, much as I don't like to say it, when you watched him throw, the mechanics he developed from sitting behind Rodgers is incredible. Yeah, Uh, He looks like him a lot in the pocket, and he's a really good quarterback. And and with Jared Goff and him and Fields... uh, you know, depending where Chicago goes, the Vikes are going to have to, uh, uh, outside of Cousins in two years, we're going to need to find something uh, to compete because it looks like uh, they found their franchise quarterback. And the biggest surprise for me was how good he was at Dallas. And a close second was how good C.J. Stroud was for the Texans. That yeah. outcome wasn't quite as mind-blowing as the Packers going down to Dallas and ripping them, but mm. both of those rookie quarterbacks uh, played at such a high level. It was pretty fun to watch. Yeah, it was, no doubt. Yeah, the biggest shocker was the Cowboys just getting blown out uh, at right. home. They hadn't lost at home in two years. I think it was their first home game the previous season the last time they had lost at home. So I, it just looked to me 
Like one team, the Packers, was free and easy. They went into this saying, nobody expects us to win in Dallas. Nobody thought we'd make the playoffs. Let's just throw it all on the line and play as hard as we can. And Dallas came out, they looked really tight. Uh, they have a lot of pressure on their shoulders. They were expected to be there. They were expected to win the division, which didn't happen. They were thought to be one of the Super Bowl contenders. And that, I think they yeah. had all of that on their shoulders. Dak Prescott looked tight to me. He made some really poor throws and reads in that game. He did. And, you know, they, they, they've they crowned themselves America's team. you got Jerry Jones, who, you know, wants to be the focal point of everything. Uh, it's pretty easy to cheer against the Cowboys. Unless you're a Cowboys fan, I don't know that anybody really cheers for them. <laughs> and so it'll be interesting to hear, you know, what way they go and, and, and this and that. But, you know, yeah, it, it was it – was, you know, you said you this is your favorite weekend. I love this weekend too, but yeah. I actually like last weekend even better because ah. there's more games. And I just more truly – uh, well, for, I just truly love watching all the teams, yeah. and boy, I, I just I look at it, and we have what three, four weeks of football left, and yeah. then we have a drought again. Yeah. I, I really enjoy watching football, and yeah. and this weekend, my my eyes are going to be glued to. I'm a Josh Allen guy, yeah. really like the Bills. Yep. Uh, other than the Vikings, by far my favorite team, and uh, they finally get the matchup with the Chiefs, and this time it's in Buffalo. Yeah, so. I think that'll be really entertaining, and I'm really cheering for uh, the Bills to get through. And, and then anybody in the AFC is going to have to go through Lamar and Baltimore, and they're just a really good team. So yeah. uh, AFC by far I think has the, the up, better upper echelon of teams right now. Mm. I take the top couple, but it's going to be very entertaining. And, and, you know, with San Fran and, and, and Tampa and Detroit and, and Green Bay, you know, you got good teams in the AFC too. So it will be entertaining. Yeah, I think I could put the 49ers in there with the Ravens in terms of top echelon teams. I think that, you know, the Niners had a three-game losing streak middle of the year that the Vikings began, but once they got it straightened out again, and for them it's this Trent Williams, their huge left tackle who's first-team All-Pro again this year. I was really hoping the Vikings were going to sign him a couple of years back when he was a free agent before they drafted um, the left tackle they have now, Christian Derisau, who has been good but he is not Trent Williams. So Williams missed those three games. They lost those three games. He comes back. They haven't lost again since. So uh, it's amazing what how much difference a, a left tackle can make. Now, I know it isn't just about him. There was some other guys missing as well, but what a difference that guy makes. I like the Niners in the NFC, and I think they'll I like the Niners and Ravens. I'm not going out on a limb here, the two number one seeds, but I think the Niners have a good chance. I think the Ravens will be favored, but I think the Niners have a good chance to beat them. Yeah, when I look at it, too, um, you know, my big deal comes to this. I, I really think Brock Purdy was kind of a, you know, it, it's a really good story. And like I said, he doesn't make a ton of mistakes. I look at him more as like a game manager with the Debo Samuel. De, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, they have, you know, Ayuk, uh, they have very, very talented weapons. And he's real Kittle in the mix. And they have this line. So um, I look at, you know, I think Mahomes, um Mahomes and Allen and Lamar are probably on a different level of quarterbacking for sure than a Purdy, but you know the D line and 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 uh, how the uh, defense is built in San Francisco allows them to be in every single game. And Purdy just doesn't screw up. He gives you a chance to win every single week, and he's got crazy talent around him. So you know I think the teams are built a little bit different. That's the only team you know of the four that I really like that uh, doesn't have the the superstar quarterback, but he's proven he can win mm-hmm. also, which is what, what matters. So, yeah, I just look for some really, really good games and to see how uh, Love 
and the Packers, uh, you know, can compete in San Fran, mm-hmm. you know, with a performance like last week, they're going to be a tough out too. So a lot of good football in front of us. Yeah, no doubt uh, about that. That's for sure. And, and uh, you know, looking forward, uh, obviously, uh, to the weekend. But, you know, uh, Lefty last week when I asked him uh, for his predictions, uh, he, he really likes C.J. Stroud uh, because of that. And you referenced him, uh, too, with Stroud, you know, the number two pick in, in this last year's draft. And, and because of his faith, he professes his faith every time he's on camera being interviewed. That's the first thing he does is, is thank his Lord uh, for putting him in this position. Uh, all you hear is what a terrific human being he is. And then he's yeah. just stand tall in the pocket. And you talked about throwing motion with uh, w- with uh, love. The throwing motion that C.J. Stroud has is just tremendous, right over the top, uh, and just great accuracy. He really spins it. It's a nice tight spiral. He sure looks like a star for years to come. So if you were the Carolina GM who drafted Bryce Young of Alabama ahead of him, that doesn't look very good right now. Yeah, and you know, that was the first time ever that a rookie quarterback and a first-year head coach have teamed up to win a division yeah. in uh, in the NFL. And that was just really, is it D'Amico Ryan, yep. the uh, head coach? And, you know, it seems to be a real players guy. Had his a defensive, uh, you know, background and just mm-hmm. a, a, put together a really good team with, so let's be honest, probably the one team in the playoffs that you can name the fewest players on. Yeah, You know, Houston yeah. what doesn't have your big-name players. They've really taken what they uh, have and just really developed it. And, you know, with Joe Flacco and the Browns going in there, that was kind of a Cinderella story. You got the 39-year-old quarterback leading the franchise. Yep. You know, they really got just just handled. So, yeah. um, again, C.J. Stroud, easy guy to cheer for. Yeah, that's for sure. Hey, uh, so uh, the coaching carousel in the NFL continues to spin. Jim Harbaugh is getting interviews around. He interviewed with the Vikings last year, but I think they were the only uh, NFL team that he interviewed with, uh, not this most recent offseason, the one before that, uh, and uh, uh, the Vikings went with Kevin O'Connell. Now we have two years of O'Connell. Harbaugh's probably the hottest coaching candidate available again for the NFL this year. Do you think the Vikings made the right call when they went with O'Connell over Harbaugh? I do. I really like O'Connell. I think he's mm-hmm. going to be our coach for a while. Yep. I like his offensive uh creativity i love him kind of putting things together um i I think he's going to be a really good coach um harbaugh yeah not a huge fan myself uh sounds like you know he's he was uh, of the teams he's pretty interested in chargers Mm -hmm. uh i I think the way they uh talked he'd like to find somebody where they have a quote unquote franchise quarterback in place and we think herbert's probably you know that guy so yeah you know does he talk out of both sides of his mouth does he want to be He's got a pretty good gig there in Michigan. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's not like the money is crazy more when you go to the NFL, when you're you know you're talking those kinds of dollars. So mm-hmm. I do think, you know, getting back to the NFL, I think he's a guy that, you know, prides himself on, on competing at everything he does at the highest level. And yeah. obviously the NFL is the highest level. So it'll be interesting to see how it works. There's like, what, seven teams looking for coaches right now. That's a lot. Yeah, and uh, it could be eight. Uh, uh, it could be nine. We haven't heard yet in Philadelphia or Dallas. And there was a lot of speculation that after those two terrible performances by the Eagles and Cowboys that Sirianni could be gone in Philadelphia and uh, McCarthy could be gone in Dallas. There could be two more. Then you have nine openings uh, at that point. That's a lot. Yeah, and you have, you know, I look at it 
And, you know, you look at Vrabel in Tennessee, coach of the, what, he got coach of the year in this conference two years ago. Mm -hmm. These coaches all have it. I mean, it's obviously who they've surrounded themselves, who the picks are, how they're running it. But, I mean, these coaches all have great ability. I mean, you look at Belichick parted ways and, and, you know, he winning as coach of all time. But, oh, by the way, he hasn't really done anything since he's had Brady. Doesn't mean he's a bad coach, but a lot of these coaches – you know, depending on personnel and injuries, uh, unfortunately, their coaching future uh, depends on wins and losses. And, and some years they come and some years they don't. So, uh, yeah, nine, co- you know, does that open up? Do they play musical chairs? And, you know, Belichick now goes to Dallas, you know, or wherever. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. Or if you bring in the fresh crop of uh, college guys. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it'll definitely be entertaining on the coaching carousel. I, when, I honestly don't think Belichick will go to Dallas. They're, those two guys no. both want full control. There's no way Jerry Jones and Bill Belichick get along. He certainly could go elsewhere. But, you know, you make an interesting point. They've had three losing seasons of the last four since Brady left. So he needs a quarterback. But, you know, he had Mac Jones come to them with the 15th pick. And I don't think he exactly developed him uh, very well. Uh, now, maybe Mac Jones didn't have it at all and shouldn't have been a first-round draft pick, although many people thought he was uh, worthy of that. And then Belichick did him no favors. Uh, his career did not blossom under Bill Belichick. So I'm not so sure I'd want to be a young quarterback necessarily uh, playing in the Belichick uh, system. I'm, I'm hearing a lot about Atlanta for him. Uh, I, I would not hire Bill Belichick myself. The guy's in his 70s. He's going to want full control. And, well, you know, what's he done in the last four years? Right. I agree with that, except Bill Belichick getting to his age now. You know, he wanted to give up the GM control. At least he said that in New England. Mm. So, for me, looking at Dallas, you have Jerry Jones who wants full control. Belichick, you know, he wants to say four words at a press conference and run away. Mm. Uh, Jerry Jones wants to talk to the media. So, I, you know, I don't know. I could see almost the flip of that, too, where Belichick could just coach, but yet, you know, being 70, 71 years old and, and just kind of seems like he was stuck in a rut and really wasn't uh, doing anything, you know, cutting edge to help the Patriots, you know, recover from losing a Brady. So I'm with you, Todd. I would not hire him. I would mm-hmm. rather go to, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a younger guy that absolutely is, you know, on the, the, the new offenses, the, you know, bring some excitement to it. Seems mm-hmm. like with Belichick, you're just going to kind of get the same old. Yeah. And I think a lot of these franchises that have gotten rid of what have been decent coaches, they're looking for something new and fresh. Yeah, that's right. Hey, uh, I got to talk about the Timberwolves. You know what a big uh, Wolves fan I am, and they're playing so well again right now. Uh, they, they got through that stretch. They had 17 straight games against teams uh, that had uh, winning records, and I think they went 10-7 and seven or something like that in those uh, 17 games. So they, they held on. Uh, they have the third-best record in the NBA against other teams with winning records. So they're beating good and bad alike. It's really been a good season so far. It has been a good season. It really has. And uh, Ethan, uh, my son, talked to me. Uh, I think there's a chance we're going to try to sneak down to that January 30th or 31st game where they play Luka. Okay. And yeah. the uh, Mavericks. And, and, you know, before, uh, if it's uh, 5.30 on the night they're playing, you can quick go online and grab a ticket. Well, it's a little tougher to get tickets now. They're playing well, and, and the, the fan interest is there. And, and, you know, you put an entertaining product on the court, and people are going to come. So, yeah. yeah, to see them continue to – you know, push through the next stretch and, and compete at a high level. You know, before, you and I always complained that they're between, 
eight and eleven. Are they going to get into the playing game? Are they not? You know, are they going to win it? And now to actually have gotten to a point where we're not teetering on the you know precipice of missing the playoffs is has been kind of fun to see. Yeah, it sure is. You know, and they've been in first place in the Western Conference uh, for a long time uh, this year. More just in this season than their entire past history of going all the way back to 1989. So it, it has been their best regular season so far, um, you know, by quite a ways. Now, they did have some Garnett teams that I think one team won 59 games or something, I believe is the Timberwolves record. So they still have a little bit uh, to go to get to that. But but it, it certainly has been a great season. And, and uh, you know, we talked a little about about Conley and Gobert uh, with you last week and, and uh, Townsend Edwards, but, but Finch has really done uh, a terrific job getting these guys on the same page for the most part, and uh, they seem to be getting better at the end of games uh, as well. They're still going to have their, their, their struggles, but Finch seems to be able to get them on the right page with Mike Conley as coach on the floor. Yeah, and, the, and for me the biggest thing is, you know, uh, well coached, playing well, but it's staying healthy. You know, can they stay healthy the rest of the year? Can they keep all their pieces in place? And if they can, you know, uh, th- that's what happens uh, to good teams. You know, they they have good players, they execute, and they stay healthy for the run, and everybody's going to be dinged up in these long seasons. But I do think um, if they can stay healthy and continue to grow as a team, they're going to definitely make a run this year. Yeah, no doubt. I'm 100% uh, with that. And so now it becomes for the Timbers really all about the postseason and how they do there because they've only won – two playoff series in their history, and they were both in the same year back in the Kevin Garnett. Uh, so if they can win a playoff series this year, boy, that'll be uh, that'll be terrific for them, certainly. You know, it's interesting, I, I read a little bit where Rudy Gobert, uh, since he's come here this year, he really started to work on Edwards about eating better, uh, telling him that, you know, it, it will help your performance if you eat better because Edwards was a notorious junk food guy. And uh, so he started eating better, and Gobert said he came back to him and said, I can't believe it, you are right. So, you know, eating better for young guys. Now, how about Cade when he's playing college hockey? Have they got a specific diet? Does he have to watch what he eats when you guys go out to eat? Is he eating certain things and not others? Yeah, and I wouldn't say he goes out to eat a whole lot. They have, Uh, uh, you know, all their food is catered in, and so they're eating team meals before the game, after the game. He might come out with me after the game if I'm there and, you know, I order wings, he might have a wing or something. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, he really watches what he eats, and and he's big in the uh, chicken and and beef and then uh, sweet potatoes. Uh It it seems to do it for him. So I know some guys, you know, pasta is what they do. And uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I think they all are tested, and they see what gives them the maximum amount of energy. And if they do that at the Division I hockey level, I can only imagine what they do in the NBA and NFL. And and your diet – and how you handle yourself and handle your sleep is a is a really really big deal. So yeah. you know maybe you and I should think of that if our uh, if the ratings in our radio show takes a dive, <laughs> I might have to get on you about your diet. <laughs> oh sure, we go right to my diet. I shouldn't have brought this oh, up. I knew it. I knew it right from the beginning. Uh, Sean, thanks so much. Have a great week. Hey, you too, Todd. Thanks, Sean Bolson, joining us here on the Tide and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.